Welcome to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond Experiences. My name is Kishan and I'm going to be speaking with Anand today. Hey Anand, welcome back. Hi Kishan. So Anand, you know, there's been a lot of depressing news going on. You'd have heard about the 34-year-old uh, Bollywood actor who recently passed away. And uh, of course, it's, it's pretty disturbing. Uh, I happened to read a post from you, which uh, which talked about Shivat, which talked about the travel musings, yeah. which I found pretty interesting, and which kind of correlated to uh, to what really happened. So, if you could uh, tell us something about it, and uh, that would be great. Oh yes, of course. We're in a slightly serious mode today, are we? Kishan? Yes. Okay. So. Uh, this actor, 34 years old, uh, Sushant Singh Rajput, very, very successful, up and coming, quite a superstar, lots of uh, modeling assignments, lots of endorsements, lots of money. A youngster who came up from nowhere, very intelligent chap. Right. Now, he committed suicide. He just, just upped and took his own life at one day. What had actually come into my mind and the reason why I put out that post is, is why did this thing happen? Why, why? You know, you just can't understand why a person who's so successful, who's managed to um, live his dreams, and is possibly living the dreams of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Why would he take his life? Is it because of attachment? Is it because of desire for more? Is it this this overweening uh, need to be number one in everything that the person does? Or is it the attachment to results that are there? One of my friends even came in and, and uh, uh, was speaking about, you know, all of us are taught how to handle success. But how do we handle failure is something we never taught about. That's true. You know, and failure is something to me, Sushant Singh Rajput was a huge success. Yeah. But in his eyes, maybe he was not. Maybe it was not uh, 60 crores he was looking for. Maybe he was looking for uh, 100 million. You never know. Now, this inability is probably what brings this. And that's why uh, you know I posted out on Facebook. I'd written a piece on um, uh, what I called being Shiva. Mm-hmm. A fairly serious one. It is about the joy of creation without any attachment to it. Right? Okay. And... Some of these things came out. I've always said that travel has been the, um, you know, the biggest teacher that I've had. So even on teachers day, I would always say that, you know, travel is my biggest teacher. Not that I've had bad teachers, mm-hmm. but uh, okay, a few of them are bad. <laughs> but uh, uh, travel has probably been the biggest one. And especially, you know, Kishan, when you're going solo, you're just sitting inside your own mind. There is no other influence that's coming on you. It allows you to, you know, kind of think and get into the self and you're in relative an- anonymity, right? There's nobody around who knows you. Mm-hmm. You're able to go into yourself and start uh, looking at yourself while still moving constantly. You're constantly moving, walking, running, uh, catching a train, catching a flight, doing whatever in a strange land, doing the regular. But there's a strange stillness that comes in the middle of that movement. A bit like uh, meditation, a bit unlike meditation also. Hmm. So, the Buddhists call it, uh, they have these two concepts. One is called Samatha and the other is called Vipassana. Samatha is about where they say that you are in a constant pace of life. Samatha is about stopping. Hmm. You just stop, you still your mind, you just stop doing everything else. It is only then that you can go to the next stage, which is what they call Vipassana, which is about self-realization. Only when you stop and, and disallow outside influences on you, you suddenly get back into yourself. And that to my mind, is this entire thing about just focusing on the self and nothing else. No peers, no peer pressure, therefore, 
no um, you know desire for some achievement and therefore no pressure out there so you are you are living as a simple being just be and that's what we call being shiva that's what i call being shiva it's about creating with love abandoning without a care a few things a few places that taught me this really or or that made me think about this thing in much more uh, detail you know for instance you create a thing of beauty right my mom always used to create this fabulous dish we demolish it in like 5 minutes man all of us would be happy but it gave her joy but there was no sorrow that this beautiful thing i created is destroyed now it'll probably end in the pot tomorrow morning but it is just joy in having created that to my mind is what this is you know you, as a kid when you sit down you will create um, the sand castles on the beach now you know the damn thing is impermanent but even then when either a bully or a wave comes in and flattens it the child is very sort of from that age we are taught being attached to what one creates hmm. that i think is the essence of all of this uh, uh, nonsense that goes on in our heads yeah. the mahabharata inside our minds as the indian would say you know so in in fatehpur sikri for instance i have written about fatehpur sikri hmm. it is very close to the taj mahal and to my mind it's far more beautiful than the taj mahal hmm. right there there is this bulan darwaza which is supposed to be this huge one and it's always believed to be a uh, um uh, an eccentric emperor's uh, aim for megalomania so to say the it's really huge he probably have to eat for 10 centuries and uh, bring complan for 20 centuries to grow that tall or that broad hmm. but the damn thing's huge well, one these all built during the akbar times yeah this is akbar's okay so the bulan darwaza was built by akbar in fatehpur sikri to celebrate his gujarat campaign his victory in the gujarat campaign hmm. and but if i understand it right it's the taj mahal that is more celebrated as a uh, yes. you know when compared to fatehpur sikri right that's right the taj mahal uh, fatehpur sikri looks to be the you know the ignored cousin or something that's right it's it is much like the poor cousin who is right. like kind of languishing in uh, abject poverty so to say everyone who's anybody has got a bucket list which is the taj mahal right um anyway that the story behind it is something i won't get into now but it kind of puts me off that monument but it's beautiful i still think fatehpur is far more beautiful mm-hmm. so in this buland darwaza when you pass by on the darwaza there's this really old saying that was carved into it from the time of at the time of akbar itself i think when it was mm-hmm. constructed it says isa mm-hmm. son of maryam said that the world is a bridge pass over it but build no houses on it mm-hmm. so the world is a bridge don't get attached to it you can't stay on the bridge forever man it will cause a bloody traffic jam right you cross it's meant to cross over to the other side just cross and move don't fall in love with the bridge and stay there that's probably why akbar built that entire thing thing of beauty he probably lived there for less than a decade he loved that place but then without a backward glance he just left it hmm you know that's probably what it is you probably be thinking who is isa who is correct Maria. correct yeah, i mean i just had that doubt yeah so uh, you know all of these are abrahamic religions and that's where jesus and isa and mary and maryam all of them keep coming in various forms even in um, the islamic text texts mm-hmm. and all that because both islam and christianity are old abrahamic religions ah so you have your ibrahim there you have the abraham there so okay. okay but that's uh, for another discussion similarly there was this time that i went into rishikesh and that was uh, quite a few years back that spent uh, quite a few days in rishikesh generally ambling around to in around the place 
So the Ganga at that time had uh, gone down. The water levels had got down because of it was summer. And at one place, just near Lakshman Jula, as soon as you take a left turn, everyone mm-hmm. goes to the right. That is where all the settlements are. Right. And if you go towards the left, it's less uh, inhabited, so mm-hmm. to say. There, the Ganga forms uh, beaches. Rishikesh mm-hmm. is in the north of India. It's near the. It's almost in the foothills of the Himalayas. So there. Uh, there was this large rock and a perfectly flattened top. Okay, and then right on top of it, there was a shivling right in the center of that smooth mm-hmm. and beautifully shaped shivling. Mm-hmm. And during monsoons, it probably co- be covered by the water. Okay. So I met this chap out there in one tea shop out there. And I was fairly intrigued by this. So I asked him, "What is this?" And there's a tea shop there. And he told me that you know, at, at some point in time, there was one um, chap who'd come, a holy man who'd come out there. He just came out there. Went up one particular day, carved some uh, small, uh, rough steps on the side of the rock, and then went on top of that. And then, for quite a few months, his only schedule was he'd go in the morning, he'd take his bath, etc., go up on the on the rock, and sit out there with a chisel, smoothen out the top of it, except mm-hmm. the center. Once he smoothened out the entire thing, he then created a shivling at the center and smoothened it all out. Wow. And then he'd come back. So in the morning he'd go in, and they just hear the chisel going. That's all they did here. Mm-hmm. He'd come down in the evening, sit down, sit over his chillum, smoke, and keep looking at this thing. That's all. He wasn't speaking with anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. After some time, they realized that this had become, and everyone became a, a thing that everybody were a local novelty, so to say. People would come and see it, and they kind of assumed that this guy would now finish this. After he finishes, he'll create a temple out there, and he'll be a priest, and we'll all, you know, kind of pray there. Mm-hmm. But he finished everything. They came down. The people were ready to, uh, you know, get in. And uh, the next day onwards, every prayer that happened. But this guy just came in, took one look at it, smoked a chillum, and just walked away. Oh, the essence of creating a thing of beauty. But the minute you get attached to that thing that you've created, then it is something that holds you back in your journey. The mm-hmm. same bridge thing that East has done. So is something. this is this a sense of it? Attraction or something out in Rishikesh is not it's something that you just there. kind of observe. If you are there and you're passing by, you'll see this. I guess it's there even now. Okay. If you go during the monsoons, maybe the river covers it. But if it's not, if it's during summer, you'll see it on the left hand side. If you walk on the uh, what they call the beaches of the Ganga, mm. uh, left. You so walk probably you might have gone to some other place and start constructing and doing something else. Another on an, That's on a rock. For him, it was just a meditative exercise. To just keep on doing something, put some object, and it's a meditative exercise. Mm. There's no attachment after that to the creation, you know. So, for instance, you get into Europe, and again in Zagreb, I found those old couple who are sitting down there playing a very lovely romantic song. The very old couple, I and mean, they must have been easily close to seventy, and they're sitting and uh, singing to each other. There's a hat out there; people can drop coins out there. They were not even looking at that. They were just so much in love with each other. They were just singing the song, going back and forth to each other, and nothing else. They're not bothered about money, nothing. For them, they're just creating something of supreme beauty. That song was beautiful, though it was in the um, local language. I didn't understand, but I could kind of understand uh, the the physicality of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And again, creating a thing of beauty and not worrying about what's the kind of result of that of coins dropping in the hat. Or uh, in Tibet again, uh, another instance was in the Sera Monastery in Tibet. It's one of the grand, uh, the the Gelug, one of the three big Gelug monasteries. And there, it's a short distance from Lhasa, and I was in uh, the monastery. And there, they create these mandalas called the sand mandalas. You know what the mandalas mm-hmm. are? Yes, yes. I mean, I remember when we talked about Tibet and talked about the, you know, your uh, trip to Lhasa and all. You mentioned about these mandalas. Yeah, that's right. Much like the Sri Antara that we yeah. have. 
So they create these out of colored sand, and it's a painstaking process. You know, they, they probably take a full year, some six of them sitting and working without any talking, which is creating this painstaking, almost placing it grain by grain of sand into that design. And once it's over, after a year, they kind of uh, display it to everybody in the monastery and to public who come in at one festival that's there. Then they destroy it. Hmm. You see, the link creating a thing of beauty but not keeping attachment to it is a great way of meditating and disciplining the mind. Okay, just just one query that I had was why would they go ahead and destroy it? I mean, in their earlier two examples, yeah. they just kind of walked away yeah. after they constructed, yeah. right? So there was no kind of yeah. attachment per se. But in this. the mandala yeah. why don't they go ahead and destroy it look at the food that your mom makes okay if the food is not eaten the joy is not served right, right. it's not complete okay if you keep it out there it will just go stale mm. and become uglier you have to eat the food and to to complete the cycle okay mm. that's what it is even in the earlier one of that uh, during the monsoons that rock is not visible right and comes back again like mm. during the something mm. right again i was talking to you sometime back about mechuga right about yeah, remember Bangalore. the place where you went on a trek yeah that's a lovely right. place yeah around, that's right. was it in the northeast of india right yes in arunachal pradesh mechuga in arunachal pradesh very less visited place so inside one monastery i found this sage almost okay he's gone not a holy man mm-hmm. as in in our sense but but he's a very spiritual man mm-hmm. so he wears old sneakers Oh, he's not like your sage who works so there. He's a modern sage. Eh? Well, he's not a sage. Also, he, he probably does. You call him a sage, he'll probably laugh at you. Mm. The guy wears his sneakers and one old pair of trousers, leather jacket, and, and mm. so he's as unsage-like as he comes. He doesn't have a flowing. He doesn't have a beard and all. No, that. no, no, no flowing beard, no turban, no hanger-ons, uh, nothing. Okay. So he's just a caretaker of this monastery there. Mm. When I went there, he was uh, he, he was fashioning a bowl. a serving bowl soup bowl or whatever mm-hmm. out of a block of wood so basically it used a chisel to uh, scoop out the insides and one piece of sandpaper kitchen mm-hmm. he was just polishing it and mm-hmm. that's it that is all he was doing mm-hmm. he was just sitting in the sun with his uh, leather jacket and all of that and he was just with a sandpaper scooping out a bowl so i asked him what he was doing he said this is what he was doing i thought he was going to sell it mm-hmm. so i said what do you do after this he says no so anybody who comes in here and says very nice i just give it to them But he's taken so much of effort to do it. He probably takes a month or a couple of months uh, to create it, yeah? and he just gives it away. So I said, after that, what? He said, I'll start on another board. Hmm. But that's all he does—the sheer simplicity of the whole thing. And I'm creating something, give it away to somebody. My the process of creating is giving me joy, and I'm meditating. But hmm. keeping it or getting attached to that object is just not interest. He's just not interested. Somehow for me, the Kolam tradition in South India is also about that. Where you draw these intricate designs outside your door, and it's not in your land; it's in the road, probably outside mm. your house. You created this thing of beauty every day in the morning. Every woman in uh, traditional South India does it, uh, especially Tamil Nadu. Right. And suddenly there are passers-by, there are vehicles, there are bullocks, there are cows who come and destroy the entire thing. You're not attached to it. You're not saying nobody walk on my beautiful creation. Mm. Aren't these uh, similar to the, the rangolis that? Uh, women normally yeah that's right put out send in those steps in north india yes yeah. so the rangoli is also very similar mm-hmm. this is made out of um, i don't know what the rangoli is created with but yeah. these things in this kolam is made out of colored rice powder right mm-hmm. and they just dry more most of more often than not it's a simple 
white colored thing sometimes they put colored rice yeah. also and i suppose there are different designs right various geometric designs that they make and then the, the it gets destroyed and they're not attached to it next day morning they create another one mm. you know that's the beauty of this whole thing where someone's trying to teach us about you know uh, creation without attachment to the creation mm. or the joy out of creation itself the process Guru Nanak, for instance, he come comes and there's a very nice saying. In in Guru Nanak was one of the um, founders of Sikhism. Correct. And very revered. I suppose you refer to that in your uh, Mechuka discussion too, right? And yeah, that's there, it. There was a Guru Nanak uh, Gurudwara. There is a Gurudwara out there. Yes, that's right in Mechuka. So he had once said, "Ram ki chidiya, Ram ki khed, khale chidiya, barbar pe." Mm-hmm. So that's uh, in Hindi. and uh, what had happened is he is when he was a kid his father had told him to or uncle had told him to guard the grains from birds pecking at it and he didn't do anything like that so that's when he sang it, it's god's bird and it's god's crop mm-hmm. so he tells the bird eat away eat till you fill your stomach <laughs> how does it matter it's not mine anymore correct the concept of ownership of goods itself is what he was questioning and that's really what it is for me uh, these things kind of underlined in my mind the fact that you have to just do without and just continue doing what you enjoy doing without worrying about the results mm. the minute you start worrying about results there is a problem you are then assuming a permanence in whatever is there you are assuming a permanence in your own self the core impermanence in existence itself is what the buddhist call anitya mm-hmm. it, it, it is not permanent so don't assume anything is permanent there is temporariness in everything therefore just take joy in creation don't take sorrow and destruction hmm. do not come in and, and i would that, that's what i would probably say to her if i had met sushant singh rajput before this i probably that's what i would have said to him that just take joy in whatever you are doing hmm. don't take sorrow in the fact that the result has not come as you expected it to yeah and that's what it is so i, I don't know i i think it's a it's a huge one that's what i call being shiva hmm. just just joy in the moment because that's all that we have Wow, it seems to be quite a philosophical talk, Anil. Uh, I know, man, and I, I don't know. Somehow, travel teaches you these kind of things. Yeah, I guess marathons will be teaching you the same. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, uh, you know, for some, they just do, they just run for the you know sake of pleasure, right? I mean, they right. don't really take things too seriously. Of yeah. course, there are a bunch of people who are in the serious mode who want to get there, but yeah. in general, as you rightly said. It's, it's what you like to do, or what you. I mean, as long as there are no targets in mind, it's the same thing. Absolutely. So I quite uh, like the fact that you run marathons. You were telling me sometime back that you run marathons without a target of I need to do complete the forty-two kilometers in these many hours, etc. Yeah, same thing, same thing. I mean, all, although it will be a nice thing to achieve it in five hours, but I'm not too bothered if I if I can't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's so that's what it is i mean i keep saying that this entire thing is much like a person running a marathon on his balcony right he wants to do it to just stretch himself and do it and there's joy in doing it i can't right. think of doing it all right thank you anand for being here thanks thanks sir thanks for tuning in do come back for more such experiences to the beyonder experiences travel podcast take care stay safe have fun and whatever else you do don't trip on the usual